This is Dr. Bill Griffin, your Vice President for Dental Ministries with the Christian Medical and Dental Associations, and I hope your new year is off to a great start. Thanks for joining me for our first Dental Sound Bites podcast of 2023. Today's podcast will actually consist of a CMDA Matters episode that our CEO, Dr. Mike Chupp, and I did together a few months ago, involving a most remarkable CMDA member, Dr. Terry Schmidt. Terry's long and distinguished dental career was preceded by 11 years in the National Football League. I believe you'll be fascinated to hear the details of his story and how the Lord has used him mightily through both his NFL and dental careers. Enjoy. Well, today on CMDA Matters, we have a really fun interview for you today because about three months ago, Dr. Uh, Bill Griffin, our Vice President of Dental Ministry, and I, we had a, an event here at the headquarters, and someone who showed up at that event, uh, we got to hear his story as we were visiting uh, with those attending the banquet, and lo and behold, Dr. Terry Schmidt told us about his career in the NFL, and uh, his story is fascinating. He said, we've got to get you back. We want to have you on this program, and so I want to appreciate that uh, Griff Griffin uh, followed through and uh, lined up our guest today. Uh, Dr. Terry Schmidt uh, graduated from the great city of Columbus, Indiana, and went to high school there in, in 1970. Went on to attend Ball State University with an undergraduate degree in biology. He was accepted to dental school. However, he got drafted by the New Orleans Saints football team and decided instead to give NFL a try. He played 11 years in the NFL with first the Saints and then went on to play for the Chicago Bears. He uh, went on to attend Loyola University School of Dentistry in Chicago after his career in the NFL and graduated as co-valedictorian in 1989. Not bad for a cornerback in the NFL. He, oh. co- he completed a <laughs> GPR residency at the North Chicago VA Medical Center and then was hired as a staff dentist, almost 30 years as a VA dentist, was a staff dentist, resident director, and chief of dental service. He's worked at four different VAs in North Chicago, Illinois, Tampa, Florida, Asheville, North Carolina, and Mountain Home, Tennessee. During his career, he participated in multiple medical missions trips to countries in Central and South America and Africa. So, Dr. Terry Schmidt, it is an honor and a privilege to welcome you to CMDA Matters today. Well, it's great to be with you. Uh, I thank you guys for having me come on and tell my story and answer any questions you might have, and I'll do it candidly and trying to give all the glory and the praise of the Lord in that. We're looking forward to that. And Griff, thank you for this great find. Yes, agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've had two careers, each beyond the reach of the vast majority of people. First, a a decade in the National Football League, and then a second career in dentistry. How did you manage to squeeze those two careers into just one lifetime, Terry? Well, I had always planned on being a dentist. And when I went to Ball State, I got a, like you said, an undergraduate degree in biology, but with a major in pre-dental. And I just, I planned on being a dentist for a long time and was accepted to dental school, but I was drafted by the New Orleans Saints. And I said, you know what, Uh, let me give this NFL thing a try. And that try ended up being 11 years in the NFL. Uh, But I had never given up my desire to be a dentist. And during my, probably my fourth or fifth year with the Chicago Bears, the uh, administrative assistant for the Chicago Bears 
He had a really good friend, his name was John Madonia, and John was the associate dean at Loyola Dental School. And he saw on my bio that I was interested in going to dental school. And so at that time, Loyola had a program where they took students who hadn't been accepted to dental school because of their either their DAT scores were too low or their GPA was too low. And they admitted them to two years of oral-related biology classes and also took some classes with uh, dental students. And since I'd been out of academia for you know, probably six or seven years, this was a great way for me to get introduced to it again. So I just started taking classes at Loyola Dental School in the off season. And then once I retired, I just started full time as a dental student at Loyola. So, you know, I didn't plan on playing football. It, it, it kind of just happened. I planned on being a dentist, but my career in the NFL, you know, brought a lot of insights into me and Actually, football was a means to an end. Uh, I was on a football scholarship at Ball State, and then my last couple of contracts and I negotiated with the Chicago Bears, they set aside money and actually paid for my dental school education. So football was a means to an end. Well, Terry, you were one of millions of kids over the years who have dreamed of making it to the NFL. And by the way, I'm a part of that club. But you actually accomplished that dream. At what point in time did you begin to see this as a realistic possibility? Well, my coach in college was Dave McLean, and he had coached with Woody Hayes and Bo Schimbeckler. And by my senior year, he told me, he said, Terry, you're good enough to play in the NFL. And I really hadn't given them much thought as far as that goes. And then I was fortunate that I played in the East-West Shrine game in 1974 in uh, San Francisco. And I played against and with a gentleman from what you might consider top-ranked football teams like Notre Dame, Purdue, that. And I immediately saw that I was as good as they were. And so at that time, I thought, you know what, this just might happen. And then I was drafted by New Orleans. And in, I don't know if you guys remember, it's been a long time ago, but in 1974 was one of the first strikes that took place in NFL. Hmm. So for the first probably four or five weeks of the season, or not season, but training camp, there were no veterans in camp. Hmm. It was all rookies. And I performed very well and continued to perform very well when the veterans came in. And so that dream became a reality for me in 1974. So then you spent most of your career with the Chicago Bears uh, playing cornerback for some outstanding defensive units. Which of the Bears players, or perhaps those on other teams, were the most spiritually inspiring for you? Well, I'd have to say for me, it was probably Mike Singletary. He was a great Christian, uh, did a lot of Bible studies, and at that time, I wouldn't consider myself a believer. I wouldn't say I was amoral, but he was a lot of inspiration for a lot of people. And a lot of my teammates were confessed Christians at the time. But my walk with the Lord actually happened uh, a few years after that. But he was a great inspiration to a lot of people. And actually, one of my teammates, Jerry Muckenstrom from Arkansas State, became a believer while he was playing with the Bears. And he actually went into full-time ministry and was a pastor in Arkansas for a number of years. Well, Terry, you spent 11 years in the NFL, and uh, it stopped just just short of that uh, incredible Super Bowl, I guess, with uh, Refrigerator Perry. I remember that. And 
can't remember if that was before uh, my Colts came to Indianapolis and I started becoming Colts fans, but I was definitely a Bears fan before that. So I, I, I read that the average NFL career is much shorter than 11 years. So how did you play at such a high level for so long as cornerback? And then what made you decide it's time to bring it to a close and consider dentistry? Well, most players, when they're playing, they always say, well, yeah, maybe just one more year, maybe just one more year. And as long as you continue to take care of your body, work out in the offseason, lift weights, do a lot of running. And I was fortunate that I played for Buddy Ryan, uh, the defensive coordinator, who eventually became the head coach of Philadelphia and Arizona. He was very loyal to players. And not to pat myself on the back, but he enjoyed players that had intelligence. And we had several players on our team that went on after their career and got postgraduate degrees in either law or business or whatever. So we had a very, I think, cerebral defensive team and Buddy enjoyed those type of players. And so physically, as long as I continue to play, you know, I was one of Buddy's favorites, you might say. And then towards the end of my career, particularly in 1984, I think if an athlete is honest with themselves, they realize that their physical ability is starting to wane. Mm -hmm. And I was starting to notice that. And football is a mental and physical game. But towards the end of my career, I was playing more mental than physical. And at the position I played, if you don't have the physical attributes to compete against wide receivers that can run fast, jump high, and are very quick off the ball, then you really uh, you can't survive. And so after the 84 season, I usually, as a practice after a season, went in to see Buddy and my defensive back coach, Jim LaRue, and kind of ask him how the season went and what they thought. So after the 84 season, I went in to see Buddy, and I said, Buddy, what do you think? And he said, I think it's time to start planning your retirement party. <laughs> and then I went in to see Jim LaRue, and I said, Jim, what do you think? And he said, Terry, I think it's time to start dental school. So um, <laughs> that's kind of how my career ended. <laughs> you know, we do a lot of talk about mentoring within CMDA. Uh, does the NFL have a mentoring program for those who made it through successfully, had a successful career, and bring you back to mentor those uh, who are just entering the league? No. When I played, they didn't, but they do now. They have expanded a lot of the benefits for players over the years. And one of those is a mentoring program, particularly for young guys who have just been drafted. I mean, if you take a kid that has just been drafted and he signs a contract and they give him a check that's over a couple million dollars, you know, he has to be careful what he's going to do with that money. Back when I played, we didn't have any bonuses like that. But I would say as far as mentoring, when you were playing the older players, and I would probably say close to 75% of players that were older than you, that were playing your position, took it upon themselves to mentor you as far as how to study film, what to look for in an offense, what to look for on a receiver when he does this or that. And I had several defensive backs over the years that helped me. And I took that to heart. So I helped uh, younger players when they came along. And what's interesting, when you're helping a younger player, actually that guy's trying to take your job. You know, NFL is one of the professions where, by and large, they're always trying to find somebody to replace you. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Now, Terry, throughout your careers in football and dentistry, 
tell us about your walk with the Lord. Has faith always been central in your life? I would say no. As I said before, I don't think I was, you know, an amoral person, but my walk with the Lord was nothing like it is now. And in 1996, I went to a convention and they had a non-denominational church service at the end of the convention. And the guest speaker asked, if you died today, are you sure you could go to heaven? And I couldn't honestly answer that. And at that time, I gave my life to the Lord. And the walk has been fantastic. You know, it wasn't immediately like, you know, what I'm like right now as a believer, but it was a great journey to start. And then soon after that, the church that the Lord led us to, uh, the senior pastor, had been a missionary in Panama for 25 years. So although we were a small church, maybe 120 members, uh, we did a lot of mission work. We went every year on a mission trip, and then it was construction. Well, one year I said, hey, would you mind me going along and doing a little dentistry? <laughs> so they talked to the guy who led the trip, and he was a translator for Whitcliffe Bible Translators. And he said, sure, come along. So I packed up a bunch of my dental stuff and took a thing to boil instruments in, and I got the bite. It really got me. Mission trips really did. And after that first trip, with that church, I went every year and sometimes twice a year. And then when I moved to Tampa, I got involved with Christians for Worldwide Evangelism, CWE. And that really exponentially increased my devotion to ministry work and foreign missions. And I have probably over the years been probably 35 mission trips uh, Central America, South America, uh, Africa. I actually did a trip on the Amazon River, which was an amazing, amazing trip. Well, Terry, you're the first. It would it would be a dentist that would say they got the bite for medical missions as opposed <laughs> to the bug for medical missions. I've never heard it put that way, but it, you know, coming from you, it makes perfect sense. Well, yeah. I, I have to ask the question, uh, when did CMDA, uh, when did you first encounter CMDA and uh, have anything to do with that? Did it Was it in dental school or much later? It was in dental school, and I joined in and continued working with them. But at that time, like I said, I wasn't really a strong believer, wasn't even a believer. So I didn't envision myself on any trips. But then once I became a believer, I started thinking more about it. And there was a gentleman that contacted me and asked me to lead a, a dental portion of a trip down to Ecuador in 19... 98 or 99. And so that was my first ability to go on a mission trip with CMDA. And then soon after that, I moved to Florida. And that's when I got involved with Christians for Worldwide Evangelism. One of the physicians that works with us, though, he takes a medical trip to Brazil every year with CMDA uh, medical students. And he's a doctor in infectious disease. And so we would always talk about the effect that CMD had on our lives. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing when you have a chance to see the gospel communicated in other countries. And uh, a lot of differences there in terms of culture, in terms of language, perhaps. But the same truth about Christ that we all need in order to make sense of this world and the next. Yeah. <laughs> One of the greatest stories for me, we were on the Amazon River and um, we had a lady come in and 
she just really looked uh, downtrodden, you know, like what life had really wore down. And we asked her how old she was. She said she was 96, but, you know, they don't really have records like we do down mm -hmm. here. Right. And she heard the gospel, accepted the Lord as her savior. And I'm telling you, the change in her demeanor was just amazing. Mm -hmm. She started almost dancing around, hugging people and smiling and grabbing friends and brought them over so they could hear the gospel too. So it's very, very powerful what it can do in a land where people have never heard it. So Terry, I have to ask you, what's harder, football or dentistry? Well, physically, football is a little harder on you. <laughs> I've only had one patient over the years bite me, and that might be kind of bad. But I think dentistry is probably harder. You have to really concentrate on what you're doing. And the fact that when you're doing restorative dentistry, you've got a instrument in your hand that's spinning at almost 100,000 revolutions per minute. And that burr can do a lot of damage if you don't have control. And then, you know, the oral cavity is kind of the window to the body as far as other afflictions that might hurt a patient. Hmm. So we're kind of the first person a lot of times can see how other disease entities are manifested in the oral cavity. So that's another important thing that makes it difficult to, you know, keep your eyes always open and not just worry about treating the tooth, but treating the patient. But I think dentistry was probably harder in the long run. Well, Terry, I uh, again, I followed the Bears over a number of years as a teen and then into college. And I, I do remember Doug Plank <laughs> and he, he he was in your it was in your defensive uh, back with you, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Doug's a dear friend, and I see him every now and then at the alumni uh, gatherings. And then we go to Arizona in the winter for a couple months, and he lives out in Scottsdale, so I get a chance to see him out there. He's a great guy, a lot of fun to be around. Well, he's described you as uh, the following. Terry Schmidt was a soft-spoken and always in control of his emotions kind of guy. Football was just a piece of his life, not his whole life. What did Doug see in Terry Schmidt that made him say that? I would have to say that almost all my teammates knew that my end game was going to dental school and that football was just kind of, like I said, a means to an end. And football is a thing that I think for some people – they start out and they think, oh, man, this is I can do this for the rest of my life. But you can't, you know, your body does eventually wear out. And if you compare the salaries that we made back when I played to what they're making now, you had to have an eye on the future and what you were going to do. And I had some teammates that just didn't think the music was ever going to stop. But I always had my mind set on the football it's great now. I'm making pretty decent money. I'm putting money away. But my end goal for my career was going to be dentistry. And I think all the players knew that. So as far as taking the focus of football, I did during the season. But in the offseason, I was focused on particularly dentistry once I started taking classes in the offseason. Terry, what, what would you say is like on the highlight reel for Terry Schmidt over your career, what would be like the moment you would say that that was my finest play or moment in all of your 11-year career? Well, that's kind of hard to single out. Some of my highlights, three of them, I intercepted three passes for touchdowns, pick six as they call them. Yeah. But I would say the thing that stuck out the most in my lifetime <laughs> was we were playing the Houston Oilers when Earl Campbell was playing for them. 
And Earl Campbell, who probably played at 245, 250, and thighs were probably as big as around as my waist, broke free. And I had to tackle this guy. <laughs> and I hit him on the 10-yard line and finally got him down on the two. But I would say that's probably one of my highlights, to take on Earl Campbell all by myself and get him down. <laughs> and, and get him down, exactly right. <laughs> now, an, an article I read recently, uh, Terry, closes with the following line. After Terry Schmidt breathes his last breath, the obituary headlines will identify him as former bear. He is so much more than that. How would you like for people to remember you when you go to be with the Lord? Well, I would hope that they would say that Terry lived the two greatest commandments that the Lord gave us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And I would hope that people would say that about me, that I loved the Lord and it was evident in the way I walked, the way I talked, the way I acted, and that I was willing to use the gifts that God gave me to share with other people who are less fortunate. So I would hope that people would say that I loved the Lord and I loved my neighbor. Our listeners should know that uh, I have a very special privilege in just a few weeks to spend about 10 days with uh, Terry and his wife. And um, I, I guess I'll be on the Sea of Galilee uh, next month with a former retired uh, NFL player and dentist, Terry Schmidt. So I, I'm hoping you're going to have save some stories for me uh, as we tour Israel through, with the CMDA tour of Israel. Uh-huh. Um, that, so that's just a little plug, shameless plug for our tours that we do at CMDA. So um, good to see you in a few weeks, Terry. Anything else you'd like to share with our listeners to challenge them today? Just one story that really affected me greatly as a dentist on the mission field. It was before I was going on trips with CWE, I was going on trips with the church that we had in Chicago, Cornerstone Community Church. And it was the last day of doing treatment. And by and large down there, I just extracted teeth. That was by and large what I did. This was before I had a headlight. This was when I was just using a flashlight And as Griff will tell you, when you take out a maxillary tooth, that's one of the easiest teeth to anesthetize. Uh, You don't have to worry about a block. Basically, you infiltrate right next to the buccal bone. It's very porous. The local anesthetic gets absorbed quickly. And the tooth becomes anesthetized pretty quickly. Back then, I used to wear a baseball hat. And when I had the bill on backwards, it was time like the dentist was in. And when I had the bill on frontwards, it was like the dentist was on break. <laughs> so I'm anesthetizing this patient. It's an upper tooth, and it's just it's just not getting uh, numb. I put the forceps on it, and the patient's, oh, 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 it hurts. And I give them more local anesthetic and wait a couple minutes, put my forceps on the tooth, start to move it. Oh, 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 it still hurts. Look at the anesthetic, make sure it's not out of date. And I'm really frustrated. And one of the people in the room on the mission trip with it looked at me and said, Terry, your hat's not on right. I had the bill facing forward. And that moment, honestly, I heard the Lord say, the Lord say, Terry, your head's not on straight. You're taking credit for all that I'm allowing you to do when it's not really you, it's me that's working here. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I said, Lord, you know, you're right. 
I'm sorry. I apologize. I can't do any of this without you. I ask for forgiveness and please, can we get working here? And the rest of the day went very, very smoothly. Wow. That makes me think, and we'll close with this, a verse from Isaiah. Lord, you established peace for us. All that we have accomplished, you have done for us. So praise God for your careers, times two. Um, And uh, Terry, we'll see you and your wife in a few weeks, God willing, uh, there in Tel Aviv. All right. Thanks, Mike. Be looking to see you there and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great time. For our listeners who are in the dental field, I hope that you'll take advantage of the resources that we offer specifically for our dental CMDA members. And one of those is the Dental Sound Bites podcast hosted by Dr. Bill Griffin, whom you heard join me for our conversation today with Dr. Schmidt. CMDA's dental ministries are focused on encouraging and supporting dental professionals as well as dental students as they strive to integrate their Christian faith into all aspects of their lives. You can listen to Dental Sound Bites podcast and find other resources by going to cmda.org dentist. If you are a dental member who has never participated in a mission trip with Global Health Outreach, now is the time to go. Because of the generosity of several CMDA members who gave in honor of the late Dr. Dale Willis, scholarships are available to help dentists cover the first $1,500 toward the cost of a trip for a first-time participant. GHO is already scheduling trips for 2023, so please visit cmda.org GHO, and you might just find a trip that works in your schedule. And then visit cmda.org scholarships to apply for a scholarship for your first experience with GHO. Speaking of resources for our dental members, CMDA is excited to welcome two new additions to our growing list of specialty sections. First is a new dental hygienist section, which seeks to provide community for Christian dental hygienists. The mission of this section is to engage in continuing education, provide volunteer care through CMDA endeavors and support and encourage each other spiritually and emotionally in providing care to dental patients. Among all our various ministries, CMDA's specialty sections give you the unique opportunity to equip as well as network and fellowship with colleagues in your specific healthcare specialty. These are organized by volunteer CMDA members and sections include an addiction medicine section, as well as the Coalition for Christian Nurse Practitioners, a psychiatry section, and many more. You'll find the full list of our sections at cmda.org slash specialty sections. And if you don't see a section for your specialty, new sections are currently under development with CMDA's campus and community ministries. Contact CCM at cmda.org if you'd like more information about getting involved or even starting your own specialty section. Those of us who serve in the healthcare professions have the best opportunities to point individuals toward Christ. One of our big priorities here at CMDA is to help train healthcare professionals to integrate their faith into their practice of healthcare. That's why we produce faith prescriptions. This on-demand video series will teach you to share your faith in ethical and appropriate ways with colleagues and patients. And it would also teach you to pray with patients and much, much more. 
To get started with the series, which is free to CMDA members, visit the CMDA Learning Center at cmda.org learning. In closing, I want to ask you the same question that Griff asked Dr. Schmidt near the end of our conversation. He asked him, how would you like people to remember you when you go to be with the Lord? Terry's answer, it, it was really inspiring to me, and I hope that it was inspiring to you. As Christians in healthcare, I hope that people will remember that we use the gifts that God gave us to help the least of these, and that we love the Lord, and that we love our neighbors as ourselves. That's why we focus on bringing the hope and healing of Christ to our world at CMDA. After all, as I remind you each week, that's what matters to CMDA, and CMDA matters. We'll see you next week, friends, God willing. Since this is a dental podcast, I'm not about to let my wonderful physician friend, Dr. Mike Chubb, get the last word. In closing, I will just mention two things. First, if you haven't been a regular listener to CMDA Matters, I encourage you to check it out. New episodes are released every Thursday, and it's not always dental, but it's always inspirational, and it will help you to gain a broader appreciation for all that the Lord does through CMDA. Secondly, I strongly encourage you to mark your calendars now for CMDA's National Convention to be held from April 27th to 30th in the Cincinnati, Ohio area. There will be tremendous opportunities to grow our knowledge and enjoy fellowship with other healthcare professionals of like mind. One of the big highlights of the conference will be the dental track to occur on Friday afternoon, April 28th. And we will also have a special track for medical and dental students on Saturday. So take a few days off from your practice and join us. I look forward to meeting many of you there. Jesus says in John chapter 15, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. My prayer for each of you is that you will be able to tap into the full joy of walking with Jesus throughout the new year. Until next time, God bless. This podcast has been a production of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. CMDA is a nonpartisan organization that does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on this podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members and are not intended to imply endorsement of any political party or candidate. Mm-hmm.